pop, six, squish, uh-uh, Cicero, Lipschitz, and now the four merry podcasters from the silver screen and we pay for your floor podcasts will give their rendition of an attempt of a review of a musical. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how I'm going to do that intro. Welcome back, Yay! everyone, <laughs> to the Silver Screen Podcast. Uh, I am joined by a very special uh, trio of guests from another <laughs> podcast. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to, indeed, we're all going to introduce ourselves in the traditional style that they would do it. So, uh, I'm Mike. <laughs> You know how some people have those little habits that get you down? Uh, like Bernie. Bernie likes to chew gum. And I'm Phil. <laughs> I want the whole thing because I genuinely do know every word to Sablot Tango. I am Andy. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that would go better, but yes, this is Andy, <laughs> Phil, and Sarah from the Weekly for Your Flow <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what did you and, expect from us, Mike? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's Phil. That's her. I'm dark. No, oh, and I'm I Sarah. don't know why that got me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm a professional of something. Not this. But... You feel I was relying on you. You were the one person I was hoping would hold it together. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sarah's visibly offended. Sarah's yeah, but Sarah, you can't count to four. <laughs> Oh, I love it. We're not even on We Pay for Your Floor, and that's the first for the purposes of the Sorry. Yeah, yeah. What, what are we sponsored by? <laughs> I didn't even think of doing that, but why don't you take it away, Andy? What are we sponsored by? <laughs> uh, today we are sponsored by normal men. Ah, we're just normal men. Just innocent men. <laughs> and in today's episode of the Silver Screen Podcast, we are going to be talking about the Beijing pork markets. <laughs> as founded by Liz Truss. Oh, yes. Believe it or not, no, we're not. We are going to be talking <laughs> about the movie Chicago, if I'm able to. Um, it might devolve into murder, but let's not hope for that. Um, but yeah, as, in case you haven't already guessed from this, this is kind of a weird sort of special crossover situation. So it'll be like a silver screen podcast, but also a little bit like a We Pay For Your Floor podcast, because um, you won't know this as the audience, but uh, I had a fantastic Saturday afternoon several weeks ago with these uh, three recording something like four episodes of the We Pay For Your Floor podcast. Had the greatest time, did some cool games, had a massive laugh. And then it turns out technology completely screwed us over and the audio is totally unusable. So yeah. um, this is my attempt to kind of uh, pay them back with a half We Pay For Your Floor podcast, I guess. Um, so there will be some fun and games in the middle of the review, but don't worry, we'll still hopefully be getting to talk about the movie and stuff. We've all seen it and I think we're all... Uh, you know, familiar with uh, with it pretty well, especially Andy, who knows all the words to sell block tango, as he's very proud of Hungarian, including the Hungarian. Very true. Um, and so, yeah, um, if you are a fan of We Pay for Your Floor, then you'll know that before we get into anything <laughs> silver screen related, uh, we're going to have to ask. We pay for your floor. We have one fan. <laughs> yeah, it's <That's>... me. <laughs> <laughs> but before I hit the behind the scenes section, I do have to ask that all important question, Sarah. How's your floor? <laughs> oh, well, oh, God, you've missed it. Oh, you've missed a lot. It's, oh, oh, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Well, well, you know, there's the ongoing court case. Yes. Well, I do. Well, didn't the ruling did not go well. Okay. So since then, the carpet has been on the run. Okay. Oh. There was a whole like televised car chase 
um there was like a you know a movie uh, rights to it there was um some kidnappings involved there was a shootout and now he's incorporated <laughs> i love it we are a very you know friendly podcast here you know i love what? it <laughs> i love the idea and i know it isn't the case because you're not smart enough to do this <laughs> <laughs> how dare you now i'm visibly offended for her <laughs> of the tape sarah is visibly offended i'm taking the piss i'm taking the piss you, you know i love you to piss but I, I i love the idea that for this entire ongoing saga these now like roughly two months you've had this ongoing thing of your carpet having a court case or your floor yeah. having a court case yeah has been building up to that one punchline <laughs> that I, one I, really pissed poor pun <laughs> i i just thought of that pun Right there and then. Nice. I thought of that pun right in that. So, which second. movie studio got the carpet rights to that movie? Carpet rights. Carpet rights. Nice. But uh, before we go then any further, you'll know that if you're a regular Silver Screen listener, we usually start the film-related shenanigans with a behind-the-scenes section. It would normally be my co-host DK's job, but he's not here because, quite frankly, I've got enough to deal with. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Can you imagine if someone who has never met us tried to actually interact with us on this podcast, he would lose his mind. One day, one day, I swear. Um, so yeah, I have had to do the work myself, but I have got a little behind the scenes section. Not necessarily funny, but hopefully at least interesting and not super boring. So uh, I'm going to jump into it now. This is the information that I do have about the movie Chicago. Excuse me. As we know, it is based on the play Chicago, which is Maureen Dallas Watkins' retelling of two actual very public murder trials that occurred in Chicago in 1924. Those of, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Bayula, Sheriff Anan, and Belva Gaitner. Oh. Sure. The, with the accent was very well done. Uh, I feel <laughs> that the only way to pronounce that is Belva Gaitner. <laughs> well, we're getting a link. <laughs> Watkins covered these trials for the Chicago Tribune and wrote the character of Mary Sunshine as a self-portrait. More on that character later. Uh, for Belva Gertner, better known as Velma Kelly, she had a much less glitzy fate. She was acquitted and went on to have a few run-ins with the law, but ended up living a semi-normal life before dying of natural causes in California in 1965 at the age of 80. Uh, fair enough. Although in the case of Bayula Sheriff Anan, a.k.a. Roxy Hart, it was more of a grisly end. It's true she was acquitted of murdering her lover, thanks to the skills of her highly paid attorney, who was bankrolled by her stunningly loyal husband. She repaid that debt by publicly divorcing him after her release and married two more times before her death from tuberculosis four years later. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about some uh, shitty life. <laughs> I didn't know it was based on a true story. I didn't until I was looking it up, but yeah, actual, wow. uh, actual people. Yeah. Bizarre. Um, this is something that fascinated me and I have had no idea, but now I just won't look at him the same way. Uh, the actor John C. Riley is an actual clown enthusiast. Uh, he insisted on designing his own clown makeup for the Mr. Cellophane number, and it was also that's his idea wonderful. to incorporate Amos's application of the makeup. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that's quite marvellous. I love that. <laughs> he, kind of, he kind of looks like a clown enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> what in does that, a clown enthusiast look like? Sir? Someone I can't stand. Like, oh, oh. The camera. Oh, I, I, just, I don't like him. I'm really not a fan. Do you not like Josie Riley? No, I find him a bit. What's the word? What is yeah. What oh, clowny? Clowny. <laughs> really, that's the best you could come up with. Yeah. Listen, I can't remember nouns. <laughs> okay. <is> <laughs> Next thing, I was genuinely fascinated by this because it's. 
about like the choreography and it's about Andy's favorite number so he might know this apologies if you do Andy um but during the cell block tango each girl recreates her crime and uses a red silk bandana to indicate where the blood would have been however when Hunyak is speaking she pulls out a white bandana instead of a red one showing that she is in fact truly innocent yeah, mm. uh, which again makes nice it touch. all the more tragic when she's hanged later. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah I find it quite Spoilers. like sad that of the like the prisoners that we actually meet, the one, the only one we see actually essentially pay for their crimes is the one who was actually innocent. Didn't do any. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, you might be confused why throughout this movie Billy Flynn calls Amos Hart Andy. Uh, this is a reference to the radio show Amos and Andy, which later became a television series, imaginatively yeah. called the Amos and Andy Show in oh. 1951. Um, I, I never made that connection. Yeah. I knew of Amos and Andy, but I never made that connection. That's ah, well, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, there are several differences between this movie and stage versions that present the challenges in bringing this project to the screen. A significant difference is the portrayal of reporter Mary Sunshine, played in this movie by the amazing Christine Baranski. <clears throat> in the stage version, Mary Sunshine is played by a very convincing female impersonator who appears to be yep. a large matronly woman. He sings falsetto and the audience is not aware that he is a man until the second act, after a line to the effect of things are not always what they appear to be, and someone pulls off the wig and dress, re revealing the truth about Mary Sunshine. Uh, in an interview with gay interest Genre magazine, Christine Baranski expressed her regret at taking a role from a drag queen uh, and said that she decided that the character was gay. Uh, and that was, she said, this was, that was my little secret. I was one of those fabulous 1920s lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's great. In she's too much anything she's in. Yeah, she is. She can't sing for freaking toffee, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful, but never mind. Uh, named by Entertainment Weekly as one of the best 25 musicals of all time uh, in 2005, the movie was named as one of the 20 most overrated movies of all time by Premier okay. Magazine. Um, included, amongst the, I know, right? <laughs> included amongst the 1001 movies you must see before you die, edited by Steven Schneider, included among the American Film Institute's 2004 list of the top 100 America's greatest music in the movies for the song. Any guesses which one? So what's Anger? Nope. All That Jazz? All That Jazz. Ah. <laughs> uh, included among the American Film Institute's 2004 list of 400 movies, nominated for the top 100 America's greatest music in the movies for the song. It's a different one. Anyone? Um, <laughs> Roxy? No. We both reach for the gun. No, although it should be. That's great. That is a um, great song. Apparently it's for Razzle Dazzle in this case. Oh, that was my next guess. Razzle Dazzle oh, is nice. There you go. Um, and this movie is one of 11 American musicals to win Best Picture. Uh, can you name any of the others out of curiosity? Okay. Sound of Music? Uh, Sound of Music is not on this. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry. 1965. Yes. Congrats. Well done. Yep. This isn't an actual official game, but why not? Sound of Music. Uh, um, so I'm trying to think of big musicals. Now, Mary Poppins? I thought Oklahoma, but I hate Oklahoma. Oh, so. Oklahoma. Oh, I love that. that no, Mary Poppins and Oklahoma are both not on this list of 11. Okay, fair. Seven Prizes, Seven Brothers? No. No. Oh. Uh, don't know if you West Side Story did in 1961 and should have last Makes year, sense. but didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Annie, get your gun, something. Uh, no. no. You might get some of the more recent ones, but the early. There's no way you're gonna get like 1929. Best picture, would it? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Calamity Jane. Oh, great. Calamity Jane. Yeah. How, how recent does it go? 
Uh, well, the first, the earliest is 1929, and the most recent is 1984, other than Chicago, which was obviously 2003. 2002, yeah. Mm, so not Moulin Rouge. No. Is that a musical? No. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring you, McGregor, and uh, Nicole Kidman. That's it, Nicole Kidman. I will. I'm going to get you guys started because there's no way you're going to get the Broadway melody from 1929. Oh, oh my, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Zeke fell from 1936. What? I've never heard of these. Nope. King and I? <laughs> Sorry? Can I? No, no, it's a good great movie though. One of my mum's favourites, that one, but no, that's not on this list. Uh, Going My Way from 1944. An American in Paris from 1951. Nope, never heard <laughs> Gigi it. from 1958. You might have got that one, I guess. Um, no, West Side Story from 61. Ah. The next one, on the, next one on the list is from 1964, and you should potentially be able to get this. So I'm going to wait and see if you can. <laughs> is it a Doris West... Day picture? It is not. It is oh. an Audrey Hepburn picture. Oh! oh! Oh, I want not gone with that. No, um, Dead Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh yeah, maybe. Not a musical. <laughs> I, 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 uh. Oh, right. it's gone with the Wind musical. No. Oh no, um, um, oh, what's the one? The rain in Spain falls mainly the on, on the plain. What's it called? That's my fair lady, isn't it? My yeah. fair lady. It is my fair lady in 1964. Uh, you already guessed the Sound of Music in 1965. Uh, there's another in 1968, which you might get based on a Charles Dickens story. Oh, Oliver. Oliver, with an exclamation mark. Uh, and you're never going to get this last one. In 1984, you can try and guess, anybody? <laughs> 84. Footloose. No. <laughs> um, no. Um, a wind tunnel. What's a wind with, tunnel. What's, what's with the, the, the alien transvestite? Um, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the 70s. That yeah. was the 70s, and oh, that was never 70s. winning anything. <laughs> No, in 1984, it was uh, Amadeus. Uh, sure. <laughs> Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. So that was all I had for the behind the scenes. But before we get into my little notes um, and sort of try to bounce a few of them back and forth off you guys, um, mm. I do like to kind of ask when uh, what everybody's first exposure to the film was. Uh, and I have a heck of a story about my first time viewing this movie. Um, but before we get into that, do you guys remember the first time you saw it and uh, and where you were maybe? Go on, I do. <laughs> I, I, I was going to wait. No, 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 go ahead. I was waiting for you. Okay, so um, the first, sorry, um, the first time I saw Chicago was I was at uh, one of my friend's houses and it was while we were doing our GCSEs and we were doing a section from Chicago in our GCSEs um, for part of a production we were putting on. Uh, I it must have been cell block tango it must have been because we needed like to fit a fair few people in so i think we did uh cell block tango uh and i really liked it and i was like i've not seen chicago though and we'd also listened to all that jazz so i watched it at her house and loved it uh and it's become one of my favorite films since but for first time i've watched this was andy um who <laughs> essentially just oh yeah i made uh, you watch it didn't yeah I? you made you made me watch it and you were like hounding me for I think a month or two until you finally got me to watch it. Because normally you're the one making like telling me that I need to watch a film that I don't want to watch, and then for once I was like, no, there's a film I want to watch. Wow, and, you guys are uh, such a couple. <laughs> the thing is, when I introduce him to things, they're normally good, and he gets <laughs> interested, and is like, yes, yeah, see, this is why I was saying you to watch it. When he introduces me to things. They're normally, eh. so this was a pleasant surprise. Fair enough. No spoilers. <laughs> um, I, 
I think it kind of, the film actually just seeped into my brain. So I think um, my uh, mother um, played oh, my it. Mother. Yeah, my mother um, played it when I was really young. And I never really fully watched the film in total because I was like, oh my God, why the fuck am I watching this? But the songs and the the story kind of seeped into my brain. Sure. I think the first time I, I actually watched it all the way through, I already knew all the songs, which was mm. eerie because I, yeah. my mum had watched it that many times that I already knew it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I, I think... don't think I actually watched the film all the way through um, yeah, until my mid-twenties. Um, wow. when I actually like watched it and paid attention, cool. um, and then um, we went to see it on stage, which was amazing. I think you went I've to see it on We did, yeah. yeah it may, I think because they and the only because they don't do it in the film, do they? They don't, they don't do the, the drag makeup in the no, film, no, no. but they do do it on the stage performance. That really took me by surprise because I'd seen the film, and yeah, then obviously I was, see do the you remember stage. my reaction when it because like you freaking lost your shit when that happened awesome. because, because we, we the, saw it at the city hall because, in Newcastle. yeah the person yeah. oh yeah we saw it in newcastle oh, wow. when we saw it last night but awesome. the, the guy who was playing mary sunshine his voice was so like high and like mm. sounded genuine like like a, a female almost opera singer that when it was revealed it was a man in drag my mind was fucking blown yeah i was like because i have a high voice but I feel like when I sing high, I sound like a, a male singing high. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. No, no, no. But like in a good way, you know, yeah. you know, in, in a good yeah. way. Um, That's cool. So like I... that completely blew my mind. That mm. was really, really And if cool. you sat far back enough in the stalls, obviously you're not going to see the details. So you yeah. don't really pay attention until they take the wig off. Mm. You're like, why'd that lady take a wig off? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you sat right at the back. But then, yeah, I think my That's first so cool. exposure was was unconscious. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say I think it is one of those films where, um, and I would say this to anybody who hasn't watched it, you probably are familiar with at least like ninety percent of the songs, even without yeah. knowing it, because it's just one of those things where it's kind of the, the songs have pervaded pop culture, and you're gonna mm. know them. Mm. Um, it's it was something that I found because I've never actually. My mom is obsessed with West Side Story, uh, but I've never actually sat and watched it. And then I watched the one Why? last year, the Spielberg version, um, Spielberg. and. Yeah, uh, from last year. Um, oh, and... did they remake it today? Yeah. Oh, right. Wow, really? It's on Disney Plus. Get it watched. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. so I sat and watched <laughs> that version, uh, and I was amazed that I knew like probably not as many as in Chicago, but I knew a good like 60 percent of the songs, and I was like, oh. "Is this just from like half watching with my mum when I wasn't paying attention, or mm. is it just one of those things where they're in like pop culture and you know them?" And mm. I think Chicago was. Far and away, like I said, 90% of the songs, I was like, wow, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this bit, it's amazing. Um, even before I'd seen, like, the film. Um, but my story of first seeing the film, uh, which is quite a fascinating and uh, adventurous one, um, mm. this is only the second or third movie that I ever saw without going with anybody with me. I would say completely on my own, but I wasn't on my own. It was a packed, like, cinema screening. Um, but I wasn't with anyone, and I was um, at university at the time and was like, you know, um, I was doing a film studies course and decided if I, if I wanted to be like serious about these things, I can't worry about looking embarrassed going into films on my own. So I went to go and see a couple and Chicago was like the second or third. Uh, it was in January of 2003 when it came out in this country, uh, which is weird that I remember that. But uh, so I was sitting and then about halfway through the movie, uh, roughly um, from nowhere, uh, the cinema, which is in like a great big like entertainment complex in Newcastle in called The Gate. Uh, the oh. cinema had a massive alarm, and we were all evacuated. What? Uh, for, and 
just as we were heading out, just as calmly as we could, a bunch of people went running into the gate past us in like hazmat suits and stuff. Um, and we only really, <laughs> all we could kind of hear mutterings of was like, oh, somebody's called in like a terrorist threat or something. So we've had to evacuate the place. It's a very like... angry gay in the audience of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I have vague memories of seeing that on Look North. Yeah, it was so weird. Out of curiosity, then one last question. Um, do When they're performing the Cell Block Tango on the stage musical, I'm assuming they wear more than they do in the film. Nope. Nope. Really? <laughs> nope. It, the, the outfits are almost exactly the same, I'd say. What? Yep. Yep. I was genuinely, I mean, I'm no prude, but I was genuinely taken aback because I couldn't remember, like, obviously, when I saw it at the cinema, it would have been 2003. So mm -hmm. the, this week was the first time I'd watched it since then. And when that came on, I was like, I'm pleased I didn't decide to, like, ask my mum to watch this with me or something because this is filth. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, man? <laughs> No, no, no. You can, it is, there is a lot of mesh. As I say, you can see the women's abs. You can see the blokes. The blokes aren't, are just wearing trousers with mesh shirts with a collar on. Why they put a collar on a mesh shirt, I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's exactly, if, if anything, it's probably less on the stage production than it is in the film, to be honest. Wow. I think, anyway. And, uh, More on the stage production than it is in the film. No, less on the stage production. Oh, because, wearing less. Yeah, wearing less. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 yeah. outfit-wise. I'm assuming, though, I, think the, the, I think the film is kind of aware of its sort of sexuality and just kind of embraces oh, yeah. it, and it's like this is yeah, part yeah. of the show, and like I love that. But it's yeah, like, definitely. There's a difference between having someone completely naked and someone dancing with, you know, because there's a dancer's oh, yeah. body, isn't there? And there's you know yeah. someone who's who's well endowed body. You can but it's wear like the same a... outfit, and it looks like less material, doesn't it? It's like Andy was saying, though, the Bob Fosse choreography is very mm. near the knuckle anyway. So it's virtually like a lap dance performance, basically, with these oh, women yes, who are point. in effectively just panty and bra. You know? and I was like, well, that, well, that's Woof. kind of the point, isn't it? It's supposed to yeah, objectify yes. women because they've been objectified through the whole story. So why not objectify them even more? It's yeah, and I think the, the commentary on that really—the mm, fact mm, that that's when they're kind of striking back and killing people in their stories as well—I think yeah. is the very deliberate like ah yeah, oh, yeah. you like what you're seeing we will kill you kind of thing. But, yeah. uh, it's a lot yeah. of the story of of the 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 film the production whatever it's kind of about the objectification and the sexuality of women and the fact mm. that it's kind of you know it's a lot of it is about women sort of using their sexuality to their benefit in yeah, a way that's yeah, how yeah. like that's yeah. how a lot of these women get out of their jail sentences. You know, they make yeah, people yeah. fall in love with them the because the they're yeah. sexy or whatever, mm. or, you know, they yeah. just look gorgeous. And then you've got people even at, sorry, I'm just kind of diving into different stuff here, but like, you know, we kind of got, we, we are talking about the film here because I'm specifically talking about a scene in the film. Uh, there's like in the, in when you're good to mama, it's mm. kind of shown that, it's not even the, these women who are becoming celebrities who use their sexuality as power. That like that's exactly what Mama Morton does. Mm. She mm. sort of like you know gives the girls things in prison in exchange for sexual favors, and she's using her power over them, like in the same way that they're using it over the public. And yeah, mm. absolutely. It, it's yeah. All, it also kind of shows that it's just because these women are in prison, it doesn't mean that they're any worse than the people who aren't in prison. Because mm. like you know. Mama Morton's just as corrupt as they are. Mm. Billy's just well, as corrupt as Billy, they are. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think I, I probably will get into this a bit because I sort of noted it later on. But I think in a weird way, it's kind of very timely about the sort of the cult of celebrity that we have these days mm. uh, where people can be famous for being famous and yeah. without wanting to offend anybody who's a fan of them. Like the, the key thing that always comes into my mind is like the Kardashians, Kardashians. Yeah. where I'm yeah. like, 
what are they famous for? That's genius, though. That mother, it is in a way, like sitting in Salter, she's a freaking genius, you know. She has made her entire family famous for doing fuck all, you know. That's that takes a woman of very being very smart, you know. Yeah. And I'm not um, saying they don't do work because obviously there is work involved in like creating all of these yeah, all clothing and makeup ranges and stuff that. like that. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but it's like yeah. a lot of families do that and they don't mm. get noticed. And it is all about literally how good are you at manipulating the media. So, well, like I said, that's kind of what Billy Flynn does, isn't it? Because at the end of the film, Lucy Liu comes into it, doesn't she? Yeah, where yeah, yeah she's, exactly. Yeah. She's supposedly this heiress and she shoots the guy on the steps, and immediately everyone's everyone focus turns, everyone turns to her and everyone forgets, you know? So, it's it, you're yeah. absolutely right. I think it but is it's... a very good commentary, yeah. It is. It's kind of weird to see that we've been through stages of that, though, because even I remember, like, in the late 90s, early noughts with, like, reality TV, um, speaking mm. of, like, X Factor or Big Brother and stuff like that, yeah. it went through the same thing, where it was, like, you were huge until the next series started, and then you were just back to working at Tesco's or whatever. You know? <laughs> 15 but, uh, Minutes of Fame comes to mind. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Andy Warhol, yeah. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. Oh, well, fair enough. That's true. Um, the other point I wanted to make just quickly that I uh, picked up on in this film, but I did read it in something about it in the behind the scenes thing. Uh, I'm assuming, hopefully, that the stage show has a lot less smoking in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know um, what? I don't remember I, anyone I don't smoking remember. in it. Um, I think there might have been like prop pipes or well, stuff. Yeah, I, I imagine they wouldn't have used real cigarettes. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't vividly remember any sort of even just yeah. sort of allusions to it. Um, I don't know if it been, does, yeah. But... I've, never, I've never really seen any clips like that, but I was amazed watching the film because it is so prevalent. And I remember um, before I started the film, I did read something about this is the film that's responsible for getting smoking put onto the criteria before you get certificated. So you know how it's like sexual nudity, alcohol oh. slash smoking. And oh. yeah, the reason for smoking is because there's so damn much of it in this film. And it really did. It was part of beauty, wasn't it? They yeah. said that smoking would make you, um, you look filthy. younger for longer. It was, yeah. you, you used to have uh, nicotine enemas back then. Where you literally blow smoke up your ass for help, (laughs) and people used to advertise it, you know. So it was a big part of 1920s culture, wasn't it? You know, actresses were photographed with it. You know, I understand that, like, it's it's key to the time and stuff, but it's just there was something really jarring about watching Zeta Jones give like this most energetic performance, like jumping about all over legs akimbo in the air and everything and then somebody just offering her a ciggy like i'm a drag i was like that can't be healthy Do you know what I mean? to be fair though it has more umph than someone offering an e-cig doesn't it <laughs> um so uh, we have uh talked a little bit more than i normally do but never mind sorry um we can whiz through the notes but if you're a regular listener you know that we break the notes instead of being like chronological i break it into like acting directing music etc um so without wanting to just completely railroad you guys, uh, the first section that I have down is just some notes on the acting. But I'd love to know you guys' thoughts on the acting. Um, and why not? Obviously, the, the main three would make more sense. So like Zellweger, Zeta-Jones and, uh, and Richard Gere. What are your thoughts on them in this film? Catherine Zeta-Jones in this film makes me question my sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Zeta-Jones, she is fantastic. She, well, I'm sure she was uh, like... Wasn't she in her forties when she did Chicago? And she and you looks she does the incredible. Slicks. She does. She does look incredible. But her acting is fantastic. Her acting's really good. Her accent is really good as well because mm. obviously she's actually I, Welsh. I so. didn't know if the accent was very good. I thought I, to me it sounded a little bit off, but I think that's because I'm I'm like my first exposure to her was her speaking in her Welsh accent. Uh-huh. So it's always weird when I hear her doing an American accent, and I'm like, this is just fake. 
definitely she's funny. She's the standout for me. I, I mean, that's probably because Velma's my favourite character, but I love Catherine Zeta-Jones in this mm. film. She has yeah. some... Uh, she... I mean, it kind of works with the characters as well, but her and Zellweger kind of work well together because they're quite contrasting. Mm. Uh, like, Zellweger kind of has the sort of... Uh, sort of innocence about her and that's partially down to Roxy it's like the blonde hair the baby face her voice when she sings is higher that kind of thing yeah. but then uh Catherine Zeta Jones has like the lower sultrier voice which I find more pleasant to listen to um, yeah it's and like character wise she also she's sort of like she looks older more mature she's darker in terms of like she's got brown hair mm. uh yeah. she well, often, think yeah yin and yang fact, yeah the fact that um, Catherine Zeta-Jones won an Oscar and Zellweger, as far as I'm aware, didn't, I don't think. Uh, I think says it all as to who's the kind of strongest performer in the movie. Yeah. Um, who's but, who's yeah. the guy that plays a lawyer? What's his name? That's Richard, uh, Gere. That's Richard, Richard Gere. Richard Gere. I can He's imagine wonderful. Phil as Richard Gere. Thank you. As in, like, as the old lawyer in this film. I can um, imagine you singing... He hired a hooker for a week that one time. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck a hamster up his ass that one night. <laughs> it came out eventually. <laughs> I can imagine you singing Razzle Dazzle and enjoying yourself as a lawyer. Razzle yeah. Dazzle is my favourite song. I so yeah, I cool. would I would love to, I'd just love to be Richard Gere. I mean, that <laughs> man is a fucking legend. He did do it. They he did is, cast it marvelous. really well though, didn't they? they actually? They did. I, yeah, they, yeah. I would disagree slightly. I don't personally this is gonna sound really mean, but I think Zellweger's yeah. somewhat miscast. Because I just don't buy her at all as like for whatever reason, I just don't buy her as like sultry or sensual or any of these kind of sexy things that the character is meant to be, like Who fully would you alluring. Replace her with? <sighs> Denise Van Howard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the I, thing is, I, I'd say you could replace her with anyone. I, I'm not too sure because I just don't. I'm not sure if it's that, that I don't like Roxy as a character or if I don't like her portrayal. I think of it's because she's she's too kind of. And again, maybe it's because I saw her in Bridget Jones first, but she's too kind of girl next door, sweet, innocent. You know, well, that's what she's supposed clean. to be, though. Isn't yeah, she? see, that's why I think she works because that is what Roxy's meant to be. Mm. It isn't though. Part way through, she's meant to be like getting through this big change and like having the big makeover and like ending yeah, up on I the stage she, and being glam. And... Roxy at the start, absolutely. Yeah, um, but she doesn't have the kind of X factor that she's supposed to have. Like we're supposed to believe like she could take the stage and everyone will be wowed by her. And I'm like, if I saw her picture in the paper, I'd be like. Oh. <laughs> like, I mean, like I mean, Zeta Jones has something where you're like, wow, I, I want to look at this space or something. Uh, but yeah. Zelda like, what yeah. Roxy thinks of herself, but the rest of the world is just sort of, yeah, you're nothing special. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's what happens in the end, well, really, doesn't here's, it? Right. Here's the thing, though. I was going to mention this was the music, but I feel like this kind of slots in here and it might go away to explain why I actually think her casting kind of works. And you kind of okay. hit the nail on the head there in the fact that it's how she sees herself. Right. I don't know if you know this, you might know this and you might have it in your notes, but the way that they staged the songs in the film to have it make sense with the plot, mm. all of them are done as dream sequences through Roxy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in her head, basically. Yeah. It's all That's in her head, which is why the song Class was cut, because it's the song that she isn't really a part of and therefore. Oh plot wise or in staging wise in the way that they were doing them it wouldn't make sense to have that song in the film because she's not a part of it and if the explanation as to why they're bursting into song is because it's all in her head then why would mama morton and belma start singing 
when she's not there imagining it happening. Well, so that's to be why fair, what, was cut. why would her husband start singing when there's nobody there? But we accept it because it's a musical. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's how she sees him. Yeah, she sees him as oh, as a clown. A as, yeah. yeah. That is a I love that song. I know it's there's there's such there's so many better songs, so many good songs in the film, but Mr. Cellophane has got mm. to be my favourite. I love it so much. I just love the bizarreness of it, the beat of it, the the song itself. I hate the actor, not really a fan of him, don't really <laughs> like him, but the character itself is just pathetic and the song is pathetic, and I, for some reason I just love it. I just I've always loved it. That's and the fact enough. that you can just do the Bella. I do think um, for what it's worth that um, as much as you dislike him I think it was a good idea of John C. Riley to incorporate putting on the makeup and stuff building up mm. into the song I, 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 think, I, really I, well. I, I think this is yeah. just I think Sarah just has a personal vendetta against John C. Riley because I actually really liked him <laughs> Him and uh, Will Ferrell I just don't get on with Oh no, so I don't break. like Will Ferrell I don't like yeah. Will Ferrell at all no. Will Ferrell can burn no. in a ditch but <laughs> John C. Riley's alright. Yeah, I, I, I like John C. Riley in Chicago. Also, he voices Wreck It Ralph, and I love that film. So. Mm. I like the film. Don't like the per- I can like the film and not like yeah, the. You know. <laughs> Speaking no, of, I, I um, think John C. Riley works as uh, as Amos. I think. Mm, yeah, I was going to say. I think the, 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 he does really good put upon acting. And you kind of just feel, I, I personally just feel sorry for him because he's the yeah, one that's like yeah. truly manipulated and it's like, oh, dude. If you think about all the characters in the film, he's really the only character who gets fo- a lot of focus on the film, apart from maybe Hunyak, uh, who is the Hungarian in the Sobla Tango, mm. that is actually a nice person. Oh, yeah. This, anyone, I've mentioned this definitely later on. Anyone sure. else in this film is an absolute arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I yeah. also I also just want to give a special. I think Queen Latifah was perfect. Oh, was yes. Speaking of arseholes who play it perfectly, Queen Latifah is wonderful in just being this sexy, bombastic manipulator. Also, yeah. she's a really good singer as well. Which I mean, I know it's stupid because that yeah. is she's a performer, but she's a rapper, not a singer, and it's a completely mm. different skill. And I was genuinely surprised at like, wow, she she's good at like, yeah, she's singing. a really good singer. Mm. Yeah, she Rap. was. I like the slight lesbian commentations as well. It's not even slight lesbian commentations. It's very heavy-handed. It's very, yeah. It isn't subtexted. It's just full-blown text in your face. (laughs) One of my... I know you kind of mentioned this later, but since it's more of a comedy line that I love as opposed to a more serious one, uh, one of my favourite lines in the film is actually, you know where this is going, it is in the song When You're Good to Mama. And I don't know if mm. I don't know if it works just because it is Queen Latifah, who is quite a heavy-breasted woman. Mm-hmm. But the line, uh, they say that life is tit for tat and that's the way I live, so I deserve a lot of tat for what I've got, got to, to give. give. Yeah. I nice. love that. basically just a very heavy-handed way of saying I've got really big tits, so I deserve <laughs> everything. And I kind nice. of love that. It's so yeah. like that, ridiculous. Yeah. It's fair enough. But if we're um, talking about the core three, yeah, Velma's my favourite character. If we're talking about overall, it's kind of a tie between Velma and uh, and uh, Matron. Fair enough. Uh, the only other note I have about the acting is that I would imagine I'm probably a bit older than you guys. Uh, so I've been watching Richard Gear movies since the 80s because I also have a sister, so I don't have a flipping choice. So I must have seen Pretty Woman <laughs> so many times and stuff. Hey, and, um, Pretty Woman, it's good film. Pretty Woman's an alright film. It's alright, it's alright. But um, like, I've never Wait, really right? been that... 
I've never been that fussed about Richard Gere as an actor as such. He's just kind of one of those actors that was there. Um, and yet I'm really impressed with him in this movie. And again, surprised that he can really sing. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's uh, the good thing about good a good um director or a good um vocalist will suit you yeah. to the song so yeah. you can't put someone who's not good at range on a on a song that queen queen latifah would normally do let's put him on a song that's mid-range like razzle dazzle because really there's not really any notes to hit is there it's just more yeah. like mid-range sort of stuff so they do as far as i'm aware though he's not like a performer or a showman he's an actor by trade Mm. and so you don't expect like these old school type actors uh you know to to be able to come out and perform like that or i didn't anyway like tap dancing just off the back what you just said sarah because i'm going to slightly disagree yeah mainly because whilst yes razzle dazzle is is a relatively easy song to sing in terms of the range. Mm. We both reach for the good is way more difficult. One Especially because there is actually because there good is a point. big note at the end, but also mm. the breath control you need good for point. that song. Good point. Is like <laughs> impeccable. Yeah, but also it's a film, so it's edited. Oh no! So it won't be done in yeah. one take. Yeah, it? I think it's, as well. That's still still a good point. That, yeah, yeah, it is still a good impressive. Point. Absolutely. That's the song that's most like a performance as well. So I would imagine like an actor's transferable skills would be. Mm. Like, yeah, he's not doing a regular voice, if you know what I mean. They're, they're, yeah. It's a specifically very exaggerated, how you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, good point. But, um, but yeah, I, I was just going to say that he does brilliant cold bastard acting, which I was surprised at because normally I'd only yeah. seen him in rom-coms where he's playing like the nice guy and the guy that gets the girl yeah, in like the end. The and I was like, what do we bribe pretty woman or officer and a gentleman? You know, I could name oh, them all. Shit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but so I was pleasantly surprised about that. And I, again picked up on my notes of like again this is a character just made from this woman's account of these 1920s murderers and stuff but he's so comparable to like spin doctors or agents (laughs) or the best media manipulators and it's so he's so relevant in 2022 like a hundred years later to some real scum that exists in the world today i again a note on richard gear's performance in this i love the contrast between his performance as sort of the showman and then just the reality. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's not even just in the musical numbers that are obviously in Roxy's head, it's in the courtroom as well. Yeah. Like yes. he's, I mean, I know yeah. that's kind of the point yeah. with the song Razzle yeah. Dazzle, it's about yeah. him yeah. sort of, uh, uh, sort of explaining that the way he wins court cases by putting on a show and getting the but audience, getting even the jury on Even that side. though, that kind of, the way that he does the court case really reminded me of like when I was watching documentaries about Johnny Cochran and the OJ case. Yeah. And I was like, shit, this is something that actually happened. Like, a guy got off with murder because his lawyer was just like, I'm going to yeah. blindside you with all this razzle-dazzle, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Whether, so, yeah. It is, it's not necessarily about how intelligent you are, how much you know the law. It's just about that. How you can Because a lot of the yeah. things that we judge in life are based on how much we like the person. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and he knew that, and that's what the lawyer capitalised on. So it's a good point. It's like Margaret Thatcher Milk helps invent Mr. Whippy. <laughs> and Mr. Whippy is quite delicious. However, I don't care because I hate Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> is Mr. Whippy a good thing? Hell yeah. Does it make Margaret Thatcher a good person? Uh, that's a very weird tangent. You have to get a dig in uh, Margaret Thatcher every couple of hours. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> part of the contractual agreement. We're from where the pit countries. <laughs> if you don't complain about Thatcher at least four times a day, you get kicked out of Yorkshire. <laughs> if you don't complain about Thatcher. <laughs> you get sent down south and you have to wear a Yorkshire pudding as a hat until they'll take you back. <laughs> the Yorkshire so pudding a... is the sign that you're a northerner. You get given the ceremonial flat cap and whippet. 
<laughs> just go back to what you said. And a shirt that says E bag on. E bag, A up, Marlon. Tin, tin, tin. Um, just tin, 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 tin. Just back to what Andy said there, I think as well, there's a definite contrast between the, the quote-unquote dream sequences and the real mm. life because mm. he's always wearing that pinstripe suit and obviously in his song scenes, the pinstripes are always glittery. Yeah. And then obviously yeah. in real life, even when he's doing the scene where he's like asking questions, he's doing that and you hear the which I think is such a good touch. It's and it just mm. really is the epitome of what caught it. I, I mean, Johnny Depp case is a really good uh, example of that. Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. It was just a fantastic version. It was just of a Chicago. circus. It was. It was. It was razzle dazzle. It really was. Yeah. I yeah. love how in the court, even though it isn't a musical number for a lot of it, I like how when sort of he's getting he's building his closing argument in the court case, I love that it intercuts between the courtroom mm. and him performing a dance. Yeah. And then, like, the way that's interspersed and mm. brought together to, to sort of show how his mind is working. Yeah. Is, I love is, that. Yeah. I love the whole writing of that last sequence, which is my next section was going to be writing, but I'll get into it now. That um, I, I, I'm always kind of blindsided at, like, the cleverness and the multiple layer upon layer of, oh, no, Velma's betrayed her, but no, it was him that told yeah. her to do it, and he planted these things in the diary that would help do that, and I was like, mind-blown. Like, this is a musical, and it's got layers of writing in that last act where I'm just like, this is just, this is worthy of, like, Columbo or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The writing in terms of, like, we've already kind of talked about most of it, but, like, it's baked in from the stage play, but I would assume it hasn't changed that much. Obviously, you guys have seen it. I haven't. Um, but I'm guessing the movie just pretty much straight adapts that story, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah. pretty, pretty much it's more yeah, or less a, a, a straight progression. It is. Uh, as Andy yeah. said, there was, um, I've forgotten the name of the song, but there was the song between Mum and Velma that's quite in, uh, yeah. in, yeah. uh, in the film. But more or less, yeah. it's a. It's a I'll cool. hasten to say scene for scene remake mm. because things are slightly different on stage, but it's yeah. more or less cool. I think it's just such a shame that they cut the song class from the film because I think I the song about this. class is, is have you is never heard it, of, Mike? It's, it's no. really good. I, go on YouTube and have a because it's a it I was now, filmed yeah. and then it was cut out, wasn't it? But it is a great explanation of what the actual film is about, though. Do you know? And it's like no no one has class anymore, and everyone just pays attention to the media. Everyone just wants to see razzle dazzle. They're not bothered about substance they're not bothered about quality they just want what is but the show. irony is that it's they want been, to show the irony yeah. is that it's been sang by velma and mama morton yeah. who are like manipulators yeah, mm. yeah these kind of awful people who they're singing about anyway so yeah. it's kind of a beautiful don't, irony don't you just think it. that that's just them playing the game though they're just playing the game because no one has class anymore i can they, see why that mm. would have been cut though to be fair because the film makes that point in so many different yeah. lines of dialogue and places anyway because that's like a lot of the notes that i've had of stuff like that like um the line like in a couple of weeks no one's gonna give a shit about you mm. and um you know t t the best line when he's like tell the audience the jury you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's so weird and even at the very end like the shock murder that steals her thunder it's like nobody even wants a picture uh you can't beat fresh yeah. blood on the walls i was like mm. Oh, mm. yeah 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 and, uh, and then yeah. like and then that's like, perfectly contrasted right at the end when she's like performing in that bar to audition and the guys who are watching her and you know meant to be judging her don't even pay attention they're just sat there going wasn't she in the newspapers a few months yeah. ago yeah. and they're like oh yeah didn't she kill some guy and then he's like oh well, who hasn't nowadays <laughs> exactly and the other one that struck me in terms of the writing and dialogue was just at the very end with the whole um 
they're trying to team up because obviously nobody wants to do a solo act and whatever. And she just goes, I hate you. And she replies, there's only one business in the world where that's no problem. I was going to say, you've kind of taken it from me, but that's probably Sorry. my favorite line of dialogue. I love okay, that well, line. We'll get into that later for sure. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think there's a lot of that already in there. Although I do want to hear this song because I've never, like I didn't know anything about it. So I can't wait to. to... I'll send it you. I like to. I, I do like the kind of cynical, satirical edge that the film yes. has, which I don't think it, gets enough credit. It's also, in all fairness, it's a slower song. It's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of a waltz almost. I think it's in three, four time. Um, Fair enough. But it's slower, almost ballady. Mm. Um, it's quite short. It's. I think it's like just in the three minutes. Um, but the heart. If you anything like me and like appreciate vocals, the harmonies are really nice because pretty much the entire choruses are sang in harmony between. Uh, Velma and uh, Mama Morton. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the last note I had on writing, which was my least favourite part of the movie, and we've talked about it a bit, but I'd love to know you guys' thoughts, is that I just don't understand the logic of having to see the innocent woman get executed when we know that she's innocent. Wow. And I was like, that's kind of, it's tonal whiplash for me because it's like shockingly dark and tragic. I, and it's, it I, comes from nowhere almost, you know? I kind of get where they're coming from because it, it's in a way showing just how corrupt the system is that all these absolute twats can go through the system and get off basically scot-free. Mm. And yet the one person who is good, the, the one sort of sort of beacon of purity in this dark world of filth and depravity uh, gets extinguished. Mm. Is it? No, no, we can't, we can't let you go on. No. All because yeah. she couldn't speak English. I was yeah. about to say there is a very uh, kind of a racist, racist undertone, undertone to it, which oh, yeah, is the point. It's making a commentary on how yeah. racist the time was as well. Because yeah. well, do, do you do you know the uh, the rough translation of what Honyak sings in uh, or says in Talbot Tango? I don't. Do you? Well, I'm, who am I asking? Yes. So basically, <laughs> if I remember rightly, her uncle killed her boyfriend and then framed her for it. But because she can't speak, she explains that, uh, again, it's a rough translation because it's been a while since I've like read the English translation of it. But basically, the reason she gets thrown in prison anyway is because she can't speak a word of English apart from she's learned how to say not guilty because mm. that's what she is. So she learned to say that so she could try and prove her innocence. But because she can't speak anything else of English, the police have just gone, oh, well, she probably did it. Mm. and just do, threat to uh, like she was this criminal yeah. related to that though and the film is just as guilty as looking at her in, in that way because I did read that Hunyak is not actually a name it's it's basically a sort of a mild racial slur like saying like if it was a German character calling him Jerry or if it was an Irish character calling him Paddy it's just like a, a term for Hungarian people that's you know just really? a random oh she's a, she's a Hunyak and I was like that is I think so weird as well as a is a motivational tool for Roxy, doesn't it? So at this mm. up to this point, she's doing it for fame. And then yeah. after that point, she's got fame and the motivation to stay alive and not yeah, be hung. That's, that's they, make, actually, yeah. they make a yeah. point of saying, because again, I, I was going to mention that, but yeah. one of the reasons I disagree with your point is it kind of lights the fire under Roxy's ass. Because yeah. if you remember, before this, she stops working with Billy because she's like, oh, I don't need you. The public love me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. trying to tell her, he's like, well, no, they don't. They love the version of you Absolutely. that I've made them believe. Yeah. And she's, very she's kind of like, that. well, I can, you know, I can keep that up. I don't need you. Uh, and she and, thinks she's safe because no woman has ever been yeah. 
Executed. Yeah, she thinks she's yes. safe because no woman's ever been executed at this prison for like a hundred years, and then Hunyak gets killed, and then all of a sudden she's back working with Billy because she realizes, oh shit, fuck. Yeah. That, yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense about my other question, which I wasn't sure about why it was interspersing the harsh reality of that with like as if she as if Hunyak was on a stage and it's like the magic will disappear in that. But I guess if it's in Roxy's head, she's trying to make sense of it in yeah, that, terms that's, and that's just exactly can't. what it is. She's trying, yeah. she's picturing it in the way that her world, her brain sees the world, which is mm. a performance. And it was, yeah. it was, it was very, uh, I think it was beautifully done because she was a ballerina. Yeah. She mm. was pure white and she mm. was innocent. And obviously she was just a, she was an innocent performer and she disappeared mm. from the stage, which kind of like, or like, Phil said it, it just adds to her innocentness. <laughs> it adds yeah. to her guiltlessness that yeah. she's this pure white figure Definitely. that is just performing for the world and um, then the becomes a victim of it. Yeah. I, I love the way it's staged as well. Mm. I was it's just gonna just, say that, yeah. It's so nicely done. Yeah. And it kind of it's a really good way of showing you what's happening without, without having to yeah. sort of be grim and yeah. sort of be able to get away with putting that in what I think, I think it's, is it 12 or 15 rated? I can't remember. Oh, um, uh, I think it's a 12, but like I said, I think it's a 12 E maybe. But I, 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 I reckon if it is a 12, I reckon if they'd have just shown her getting hung, there's no way they'd have got that age rating. It's yeah. a 12. It I think 12. it's, it's the sign of a good director. I was going to say the exact same thing because you don't actually see her getting hung, but you feel the exact effect of it from audience yeah. reaction to the performance. And uh, I appreciate that because I was like a lesser director might have went for the shock factor of like watching her neck snap or something and I didn't need that so I was like I did appreciate that they at least you know they weren't truly grisly about it you know um yeah for, but, yeah. for a film of about a shit ton of death and murder mm. they are quite a beat about it <laughs> yeah it's not overly gory they, they use a lot of very well played symbolism. Mm. But mm. it's I mean, quite yeah, a weird contrast to the first. Oh. Uh, it's a quite a weird it's contrast right. to Fred Casey's death, where we do just straight up see Roxy murder shoot him. Yeah. 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 That is really the only one, though, because I think the rest are all represented by, like, the hankies or the, the, the um, yeah. you know, we see, like, the aftermath of a lot of them, but we don't actually see them going down, you know? Um, but, yeah, Roxy's is the very, the only shocking one, and I think that might be because, like you said, she's the protagonist and we're seeing everything in her head. But that's the one thing we're supposed to see objectively is like that that's what actually happened yeah. um so yeah interesting um speaking of which i have a few notes just randomly about the direction uh just to move us ahead no offense to anyone yeah. um but i <laughs> it's a little bit cliche now but i appreciated the way they interspersed like the sex scene with the kind of show business of it all um, yeah. and with roxy like <laughs> call me a star and everything i was like this is cheesy to us now but i would imagine at the time that the, the um sort of stage yeah. play was written it wasn't yet a cliche, so I can kind of forgive it. Um, on the same way that the kind of like, oh, she's actually pregnant plot cliche, I think. I was like, oh, this is so like, this is like soap opera amnesia level of, come on, are you really <laughs> falling for this? But uh, again, at the time, it might have been a fresh new thing. And it is something that only, in terms of like women as manipulators, it's something that only a female yeah, criminal yeah. Or, could really this get away with doing that. I, I love just on the note of that. I love the line in the film when, uh, when obviously she, she comes up with the idea of playing pregnant. And also, can we just take a moment to appreciate Velma's reaction when she does that? When she's like, "Shit!" <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's very. It's it, in all fairness, as much as I fucking hate Roxy yeah. as a character, very smartly played. Yeah. But I love yeah. when. Uh, 
when Fred, uh, not Fred, when Billy asks the gynecologist, is she pregnant? Doesn't he say something like, well, she is now or something, and he's like doing his fly up? <laughs> oh, the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. heavily implied that he's just had sex with her to try and guarantee. Like, to try and. Did not pick her. up on that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's... it's so she so he signs off on the pregnancy yeah. diagnosis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh... he's slept with her to try and make sure that it is in, it, that she is approved. in fact pregnant. Yeah. Ah, oh, fair enough. The, the only thing I remember about that is that there was a very back and forth about like, does it matter? <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, ah. listen, I, I thought you were going to go down the line of um, uh, Amos and Billy, uh, the, the sort of back and forth they had. Yeah. Wait, you, you can count, can't you? <laughs> Yeah, well, if we didn't he, do any copulating in, wait, that means I can't be the father. Yeah. You, said, you said you made a point there that you said that, um, you know, it's so cliche, but it's still mm. relevant. I don't know how many oh, yeah. times I've walked past the magazine stand and is it called, not not A-Up, what's it called? Hello. <laughs> hey, A-Up. Hey, that's hello. You know, that's hello. the Yorkshire version of Hello. Well, the Yorkshire version of Hello. Hey, up, my love. <laughs> Does that mean it's the Yorkshire version of Heat magazine just called In It Wow? In It Wow. <laughs> there is a Yorkshire version of OK called Yarid. Yarid. <laughs> so there's, there's, you've seen those magazines on the stands where it's a lot of it's like is Meghan Markle pr- pregnant mm. or you know what's the face from uh, Big Brother ten years ago maybe pregnant mm. for some god knows what reason it's still relevant in these shooting up. Why? Because Why? because we've not evolved as a fucking species <laughs> in the twenties apparently. It's just no, gossip, it's exactly. Relevant. Yeah, yeah, gossip. People love it. People love it today. Um, they always will. Just going back to the the sex scene as well. One part, one particular bit of direction that I really like is during the sex scene. We before this point, it's never explicitly, it's never said that Roxy's cheating at this point. The only sort of the first indication we get that, mm. oh, maybe this isn't just, you know, two people hooking up is when she puts the picture down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And course, I, yeah. I like that they focus on that to kind of oh. make your brain go, oh, OK, this is some infidelity going on here. Yeah, yeah. That's clever. Uh, um, yeah, I really like that. I picked so, up on a, um, a, on a similar note, um, as I said, like, it's weird how... The only jarring hint of reality, as you said, is Roxy committing the murder. But even then, immediately afterwards, um, the director like focuses on her eye and the light shining in her eye, which has the dual meaning of like interrogation by the police, but also like the spotlight of the fame. Spotlight, yeah. Oh, uh, and I was like, I like wow, that. that is amazing! Like framing of that. Oh you know? yeah, the, the way that the director—I can't remember who directed this. I'm not going to lie. Rob Marshall. It is Rob Marshall. But it is. the way that he finds so many ways throughout the film to with his directing like camera shots and stuff to equate a courtroom a pol- uh, you know a police interrogation <laughs> a legal stage. sequence to a production on stage is remarkable mm. but it is but that, that's what it is isn't yeah. it yeah especially with something so public as this particular case in the film was yeah yeah, it's Definitely. incredibly well done. Yeah, you've said it all. Um, I completely agree. And yeah, just great interspersing of reality and fantasy, as you said. And um, related to that, the only other quick note that I made is I love 
uh, the scene where, and I can't remember what song it's in, but when it shows Billy as the puppet master, like literally controlling the oh, puppet. It's agent, we both reach for the gun. We both yeah. reach for the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When it pans it. up and it shows him controlling literally everyone. Yeah, yeah, because like he's on the stage, yeah. but there's also a him there in very kind of Nightmare on Elm Street type style. And I was like, <laughs> that is so weird and jarring. But yet yeah, I get what them. you're saying is like he's manipulating everyone. So even down to the I fact love. that they've made Roxy's makeup look like she's a puppet. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, um, as much as I criticized Zellweger earlier, she's great in that number, and I think she's actually great. When she gets more and more desperate, the actress yeah. comes out and she's very good. And she's great at, um, throughout the film at like the changes of character. So in um, the song, whatever it's called, My Funny Hubby, when he basically like halfway through yeah. throws her, her under the bus yeah, funny, and funny. she completely switches to like, ah, you scummy. That's, you know? one my, that's one of my favorite songs to sing from Chicago because that change is so fun. <laughs> oh, another bit of, I, mean, I don't know if this is really down to the direction of the set, but I really like in at the end in nowadays when they've got the prop guns because obviously the mm. whole point of this yes, act yeah. is that they're sort of taking the piss out of the fact that oh we shot people um, yeah. when they have them shooting the lights to make their names in their names. Them. <laughs> and I love that sort of just sequence. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's like a really um, good way to culminate the two worlds of. The, the, the film yeah, together really playing on their notoriety for their fame as well that's literally it's a literal embodiment of it is like we're shooting the spotlights to it so whatever but uh, we're literally yeah. shooting our names in yeah in, in lights awesome so the next just before i get to the game that i had planned um the last thing i talked about was the music which obviously there's a lot of it um so i was just making quick notes about the things that i liked um first of all the background score is surprisingly good uh, which you don't often get in a musical because it just goes from song to song but I thought the background score was very cool and like 1920s jazz and stuff as well. Um, speaking of which, I love all that jazz. For whatever reason, I just really love the, the line. Um, yeah, I'm no one's wife, but yeah, I love my life. <laughs> it just, just, it, I don't know why that just gets me. Um, obviously, I love the When You're Good to Mama song. You've already mentioned Latifah knocking that out of There's the park. There's so many good lines in that. Like you already mentioned with the tip to that one. And yeah. also, if you um, want my gravy, pepper my ragu. <laughs> I love I'm the cell block tango as well. The Queen so. Latifah and Richard Gere because they are my two, for some odd reason, my two favorite um, moments. Well, my favorite moments on of the film are when they are on screen at any point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> particularly both reach for the gun. The whole puppetry mm. is, mm. is definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I also really like how it's it's a song that isn't really talked about that much. And to be fair, it isn't one of it, for, at least for me, it isn't one of my particular favorites. But I like the way that uh, just can't do it alone is staged with mm. her sort of dancing on stage, but then it keeps cutting back to the fact that she's literally just in the cafeteria and yeah. It's set mm. up in, in Roxy's head. It's kind of portrayed as like she's doing a one woman show on stage doing all these dance moves. But then it cuts back to the prison and you see that she's just pleading mm. with yep. Roxy at this point because she knows that this is basically her only way yes. out now. I love it's that. Yeah. So and, and Roxy's having none of it at all. Yeah, she's that, just barely paying attention. That's <laughs> probably, even though it's when, probably when she, one of the moments where she's at her bitchiest, it's probably my favorite moment of Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> it's when she's mm. just not paying any attention. <laughs> to the way that Velma is just throwing herself at her. And arguably, Velma is probably the most talented of the two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. And it, it kind of it kind of all comes oh, full yes. circle as well because then when Roxy gets cast aside, mm-hmm. Velt was just kind of they're like sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the tables have changed. <laughs> I, I do like uh, as well. Just again, are we allowed? To, do you mind if we take a bit to just talk about the the sort of similarities in their stories and how they culminate because I think Talk it's about what cool. you like as long as it's related to the movie. But <laughs> I love the similarities between the stories of Velma and Roxy and mm. how they clearly do like obviously because Roxy starts the film loving Velma. She like idolizes her. And then like Velma's a bitch to her because there's a whole part where she's like, Do you want a, uh, some advice from me? And mm. she's like uh, she like just tells her how she wants a laundry washed or something. Yeah. But and the then, bitchiness back about like advice from me, lay off the caramels. I'm like, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that it, the tables are turned and then at the end they both end up in the same desperate situation. <laughs> and then the parents exactly. end up the way it was always going to end up. They have to see yeah, it's, yeah. it's just It's so well done. And in a way, it almost does feel like they kind of get their comeuppance in that sense because it's like, well, you hate each other. But now you kind of have to depend on each other. Mm. Um, well, if you guys are happy to do it, then that's basically covered everything I wanted to say, more or less. Um, so I have a game before we get into the favourite characters and the conclusions and things uh, in We Pay For Your Flow style. <clears throat> it is a game that I am, um, let's see, what's the best way to phrase this? Homaging from elsewhere, as you'll know when you hear the name. Uh, and it is in a game that is called Once More Without Feeling. Uh, oh, okay. this, nice. This game, uh, I have 25 examples of lyrics, all from different movie musicals. Uh, I'm going to try to act them out with as little emotion or pizzazz as possible. <laughs> quite a challenge for me. Uh, and whoever calls out the correct answer first will get a point. And at the end, we'll see who has the most points out of the three of you. Uh, 25 different musicals. They can be anything at all. Uh, any kind of musicals. You might not know all of them, you might know some of them. And as I say, we'll try to keep it as civil as possible, but if you just shout out the answer if you think you know it, and then we'll give you the point oh, if you've got it right. No, there is no civility between friends here. <laughs> oh, so there's going to be competition. It'll get into it, I'm sure. Sarah's um, already eyeing me up with the death glare. She, <laughs> she's ready. <laughs> I am going to potentially try not to get into it, because there's some ones where I, I feel like the music and the rhythm might take over, and I'm trying to do this as plainly as possible, at least at first, so bear with. Um, so this is the very first one, uh, and it is as follows. No matter what you do on the stage, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether it's murder, mayhem, or rage, don't oh, complain. It's a pain. Keep that, it gay. That's the producers. It is the producers, oh, Phil. Well done. Ah, Phil beat me. I got one. Yay. Awesome. Uh, fair is enough. that the same one that has springtime for Hitler? It yes. is, yes. Springtime yeah. for Hitler and, and Germany. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll go straight into number two then. <laughs> Uh, number two is as follows. Uh, there's no use getting into heavy petting. That only leads to oh, trouble the, the, and... Bucky yeah, oh, damn damn it. It. <laughs> we'll beat you all to that again. Is that Sweet Trump last time? No, that's no. Touch Me. Touch oh, it's Touch Me. It is, yeah. Are we ready for number three? Because this is going to be a mad scramble, I can just tell. Um, that night when he came home from work, I fixed That's him Chicago. his drink as usual. It is Chicago. You know, some guys you just can't hold their arsenic. <laughs> awesome. Such good songs in this. Everyone really should watch it, but never mind. Uh, number four. There we go. She wasn't no match for such craft, you see. And everyone thought it's so droll. They figured she had to be daft, you see. 
So all of them stood there and laughed, you see. Oh! This what? Very yeah. Familiar. Fuck. Um, you know what? It really is hard without the, the tune. <laughs> It, it, really does again, make it, difficult. it really does make a difference. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why this is such a good game. You know? Do you want to hear it again? Yes, yeah, please. please. Um, she wasn't no match for such craft, you see, and everyone yeah. thought it so droll. They figured she had to be daft, you see, so all of them stood there and laughed, you see. I, God, I've got no I clue. Don't know. My brain's gone blank. No clue. Which is normal we... for me, but I, I really don't know. No guesses from anyone? Ah! Um, if I'm going to guess, I'll throw out a wild one and say my family. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. Sorry, Wait! Phil. No! Oh! Oh! And he's had a recognition is it, moment. Is it Sweeney Todd? It is Sweeney Todd! Yes, it is! Well, oh, oh. see your Google history. What? Because <laughs> you just picked up your phone. Oh. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, my most recent history. search was Maya Chicago. I didn't know she was in it. <laughs> Did uh, out of curiosity, do you know the name of the song, Andy? Mm. I don't think that's the. I've got uh, no title clue. Of the song. <laughs> it's called Poor Thing. It is Poor Thing. Yeah, Poor Thing. Are we ready for number five? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Times have changed. Our kids are getting worse. They won't South obey Park. their parents. They just want... It is South Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How the heck Canada. did you get it from that? that? Canada. I've never seen it. <laughs> they won't obey their that. parents. They just want to fart and curse. <laughs> should we blame the government <laughs> or blame society? society? Or should, or should we blame the images on TV? No, blame Canada. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six. Here we go. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ting, ting, ting went the bell. Oh, fuck. Um, zing, zing, zing went my uh, hot strings. No, no, Oklahoma. From the moment I saw him, um, I fell. Is it, is it Hello Dolly? No. It's not Hello Dolly. No, it's, it's not um, Oklahoma, is it? It's not Oklahoma. Oh. No, what's the other one? What's the other one? What's uh, the other one? It's based in the. The problem is, all I can think of is Ding Dong, Mary Lee. Oh, it's what's the face? It's, it's, not the, it's the daughter of the woman from Wizard of Oz. It's oh, uh, Cabaret, Cabaret. No, it is actually the woman from The Wizard of Oz. That's where you're getting confused. Oh, it's, it's Judy Garland. It is Judy Garland, yes. Oh, so is it um, Money Makes a Field Go Around? That, that film? That film? No. Oh, damn it. Isn't that also Cabaret? <laughs> is it Cabaret, it, is it? <laughs> it is something of a seasonal favourite because it has a really f popular Christmas song in it. That's the only hint you're getting. Oh, okay, that's not. Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, Judy Garland famously was alive in 1993 or whatever. She was one of the ghosts. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Are we passing on this one? One yeah, of my favourite movies as well, by the way. If you haven't seen it and you get a chance, I would recommend it because I love it. It's a film called Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, oh we were it. talking about it the other day. Were we? Yes. And for, for some it. reason, for the past week, I've been seeing things about Meet Me in St. Louis. There was a guy... Do you was... also see dead people? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> when, are Sixth Sixth Sense, <laughs> hmm? when are they going to make Sixth Sense the musical? When are they going to make Sixth Sense the musical? Who are you going to call? <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> I was dead the whole fucking time. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> are we ready for number seven? Absolutely. Yes. Right. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan, a dickhead. That's pretty much the guy. 
I'm still at last there, but I'm number so seven. <laughs> <laughs> we still got all to play for. Let's see what the scores are, just out of curiosity. Andy I'm has on two. two Phil's on Bill three. has three, and Sarah is yet to score. So, Sarah. <laughs> Consistency for Sarah. So, this is. <laughs> This is too, there's still plenty of time. I did 25 of these. Uh, so yeah, this is number okay. seven. Um, <clears throat> skyscrapers bloom in America. Cadillacs zoom in America. Industry boom in America. It is West Side Story. Well done, Andy. I want to be in America. Okay. I'm going straight into number eight. Uh, look at me now. Will I ever learn? I don't know how, but I suddenly lose control. There's a fire within my soul. It's Mamma Mia. Well done, Andy. One more look and I forget everything. Mamma Mia. Next one, please, Mike. It's a musical. Okay, number nine. Try the grey stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. Wow, Andy, that was like three words in and you got that. That's incredible. It's delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, this is friends. And the service here is never second Right, number 10. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. Oh, no clue. You really will know it. I just I I performed that beautifully with none of the rhythm of the. Do you want it again with a tiny bit more rhythm? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. Yes. Oh, the well, movie. The... I... Oh, fuck it's it's Well done, Sarah. Oh, fuck me at that point. What's the film called? Eight Mile. I... Oh, oh, no. Jesus, it? I couldn't remember that's what it was called. It's called Eight Mile, but I'm going to give you it, Sarah, because you didn't have any points. And I miss The Green you. Mile? The Green Mile? <laughs> I was really confused. Like, the Green Mile's not a musical, is it? <laughs> Apologies. Are we ready for number 11? Yeah. This is a bit of a weird... This is a bit of a weird one, so bear with me. Uh, number Why 11 is... <laughs> number 11 is... Nance Ingoyama Bagiti Baba. It's Lion either Lion King, King or Lilo and Stitch. Phil, I heard Phil first, it is the Lion King, but I'm oh, giving yeah. Phil the point for that one. Nance Ingoyama Bagiti Baba. <laughs> What's on the menu? What's on the menu? <laughs> <laughs> we used to always say, and Venga. Pajamas, penguins on the bottom. Number 12 is Girls in White Dresses with Blue Satin Sashes. Sound of Music. Yeah. No Sound of Music things. is correct, yeah. Sarah. And that Yay. one you didn't need a little cheaty point because that was. <laughs> <laughs> I got a legitimate point. Yay! Uh, okay. The next one. <clears throat> Spleens and intestines and spines and brains. Repo the genetic opera. All at warehouse. Yes, it is. Repo the genetic oh, the opera. Spleens, intestines and spines and brains. All at warehouse prices, but our quality is the same. Gene Co. I've never heard this musical before. It's, it's the it's where, amazing. Uh, Paris Hilton's face falls off. I'm sorry, what? 
Yeah. Are we watching Reaper know. tonight? All I almost want. I almost tonight. had you guys on reviewing that instead of this one. So maybe next time you're on. I you love Repo. It's I've never seen it, but I know I you love it. it. <laughs> oh, it's it's wonderful. Anthony's head and Paris Hilton's head. Sarah Brightman as well. Sarah Brightman. Oh, Sarah? She's my favorite part. I love Sarah Brightman in this film. For the first so tape, Sarah's very confused. Sarah's always confused. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you need to know. It's literally your Twitter handle. <laughs> Paris Hilton's face voice. Okay. Noted. Three mile. <laughs> are, we, are we ready for number 14? This might be a stumper, but bear in mind, I'm looking yeah. for a musical movie here, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, number 14. Love is like a bomb. Baby, come on. Get it on. Living like a lover with oh. a radar phone, looking like a tramp, like a video sugar on me. Yeah. Demolition woman, can I be your man? Yeah, man, it's it's pour some sugar on me is the song. I couldn't tell you what musical it's fucking in. Oh. School of Rock? I don't nope. know. No. No. Oh fuck. Um. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yes. What the fucking? He does um. rock you like a hurricane. What's it called? Oh, oh, uh, Rock of Ages. Well done, Phil. Never seen this either. Oh, you have to watch Rock of Ages. It's one of my favorite movies. It's incredible. I, 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 it's good. It's like, uh, Sorry, the audio probably peaked really loud. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I realized what it was, and I was like, no, wait, it's the Tom Cruise one where they use all the eighties rock, but I can't remember Tom what the fuck Cruise it's called. In a musical. Yeah, yeah. quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Stacy Jack. Quite good. He plays a rock star. And also, oh. by the way, Catherine Zeta-Jones performing Pat yeah. Benatar. Yeah, yeah Catherine oh. Zeta-Jones is in it. Oh, never seen it. There's a lot of good people in that. Yeah. And then there's Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand doing a love yeah. song for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand dancing together. 15. Suddenly, the world seems such a perfect place. Suddenly, it Little shop of horrors. Such, nope. With such a perfect grace. Suddenly, my life doesn't seem such a waste. It all revolves around you. I know this the was words. A bit of yeah. I was mouthing along as you yeah. said it, but I can't. Ah. Oh no, I was thinking. Wait, is it wicked? It is not wicked, no. Damn it. This was a bit of a twatful one for me to have picked, oh, but I, I like it. Uh, uh, now I'm trying to think word. of films where someone is singing the word suddenly, but suddenly. all I can think of is Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to kick myself in it. Would you not like it again or not? No clue. Uh, Andy, any clue? Andy? No. Do you want it again before we give up or are you just going to throw in the towel? Go on, I'll throw in the towel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is the song Come What May from Moulin Rouge. Oh! <laughs> that is literally the only original song in ah. Moulin Rouge, which is why it was a bit of a dick move to pick it. But there we go. <laughs> um, right, number 16. Straight in. Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still, but he told us where we stand. Yeah, that's, um, and Flash uh, Gordon was there. It's, so Rocky, Horror again. Yeah, it's, it's Rocky, Rocky Horror yeah, again. It's Rocky Horror again, Phil. Well done. Um, oh, the, uh, the science fiction, uh, double, science fiction double feature, feature show. It's indeed one of my favourite songs ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that we can have the same film twice, though. Yeah, I was really confused. Is that it can't be Rocky You can have the same yeah, film as many times as you want. Right? You did not it's, say that we could not have the same thing. Twice. I didn't say you couldn't. There's lots of songs in different musicals, but I will say that is the only time that the same film comes up twice. Oh, okay. Um, right, Sorry. number 17. <clears throat> Let me try and get myself in the mood for this. 17. <laughs> Touch me, it's so easy to leave me. All alone with the memory 
of my days in the sun. If you touch me, you'll understand what happiness is. Cats. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's memories. It is cats, it? Phil. It's the ostrich yeah. song. Yeah, memories. Why is it the ostrich? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Memory all alone in the That's a classic, that. And that's a classic, terrible karaoke um, rendition, that is. Memories! Yeah. That. <laughs> Number 18, if anybody gets this, you'll be my best friend. <clears throat> okay. What's the movie musical? <clears throat> Mona Lisa. The original basic bitch traveled thousands of miles to see your beautiful smile. Talk about a bait and switch. You ugly. Oh. God, I Silence. I. Ah. <laughs> uh... Um... Sing it again. Do it again. Do it again. Mona Lisa, the original basic bitch, traveled thousands of miles to see your beautiful smile. Talk about a bait and switch. You ugly. I'm guessing this is... Isn't that a Lonely Island song? Maybe. They did... They're like a comedy music duo. They did a few songs. They did uh, Dick in a Box with Justin Timberlake. Oh, it's yes, not but this is, from a, this is from a movie musical, Andy. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember which movie musical Lonely Island did. Well, there's one out there. Really? I've got no clue then. No yeah, clue. I've got, I've got I no idea. The the film. I just know it's Lonely Island. That is from the amazing, fantastic, and brilliant movie, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> yeah, would not have got that. No. <laughs> just from the title alone, that sounds like something I need to watch. Yeah. Oh, you really do. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's um, the, the song, you probably know the songs because like Lonely Island, I think, released them as songs, but the song Equal Rights is great because it's just like, Andy Samberg's character trying to propose equal rights while desperately pleading that he's not gay. <laughs> I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. I'm not gay, but if I was, I would marry who I like. Number 19. Now your bangs are curled, your lashes twirled, but still the world is cruel. Wipe off that angel face and go back to high school. Oh, Greece. Yeah. It, it is Grease Sarah. Do you know the song Greece, out of curiosity? Yes, it is um, Beauty School Dropout. It is Beauty yeah. School Dropout. Well done. Yeah. I'm not giving extra points for knowing the song. I'm just curious. Oh. Sorry. No, <laughs> no offense. Um, right. <laughs> Number 20 then. Uh, so we've got six more to go. Actually, just before I do that then, there are six to go and the current scores are Phil is in the lead with seven, Andy is a close second with six, and Sarah has three. So it's still technically Whoa. anybody's game. <laughs> Right, number 20. We're all in this together. Yes, it was high school musical. I, wow. I'm happy that I managed to beat him on high right. school musical. We said that at the same time. We said that at the same time. You, just you were not in the room for this because I don't think I've ever seen either of them really intense. As, as <laughs> we said that at the same <laughs> time. We said that at the same time. The same time. The, Just the, accept the... defeat. <laughs> Even Sarah said it was the same time. <laughs> I heard <laughs> Phil first. I'm sorry. Maybe it's the I delay on the. Yeah, but... but you so both went forward and you both nearly ate the mic. <laughs> 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 it was quite. I was a little bit scared. I'm not gonna lie. I played Ryan in a production of High School Musical. Therefore, I win that point. <laughs> Andy, you've still got another five to go. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to go with number twenty-one now. <laughs> Uh, fingers on buzzers, or you know, whatever. whatever you're uh, number number twenty-one. This is somebody's going to jump in here. I can just tell. Twenty-one. Ever since this whole world began, 
A woman found out if she shook it, she could shake up a man. And so I'm going to shake and shimmy it the best that I can today. Fuck, fuck, fuck! Nope, no clue. Ah! For the purpose of the tape, watching Andy and Hairspray. Phil. Yeah. There we go. Hairspray is correct, Phil. Is watching it, Andy and from... Phil work this out was is amazing. It you, is it you? You can't stop the beat. Motion of the ocean. Yeah. 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 Right. Are we ready for number 22? Absolutely. I'll be surprised if anyone knows this, but I'll be pleased because yeah. underrated song. <clears throat> Locked in a cage with all the rats. I've slipped through the cracks and now I'm stuck with the scraps and I can't seem to find my way back. Oh, get me out. Get me out of here. Or throw me a rope. I'm ready for stardom after all these years. Oh. Silence again. <laughs> I've just made a big mistake. TikTok's I rubbed, this. I, I rubbed my uh, hay fever riddled eyes with fingers covered in hot flaming what's oh, it dust. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> First world problems, ladies and gentlemen. Might help you focus. Might help you focus. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> I, I very much no doubt idea. you've seen this film, to be yeah, fair. I just no like idea. the song. No. What is it? That was uh, the performance of Miss Cameron Diaz in the black version of Annie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Right, okay. Oh, that's very the newest good, uh, very version. Good one, yeah. yeah, that's the newest one. Not seen it. Number 23. And still, I dream he'll come to me. That we will live the Let years it, together. It's like, fuck off! It's like in the dream, teams, yeah. I was waiting for Lemmy to turn up as well. No <laughs> Andy, the uh, ones that you really like, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a point for Andy. Currently, no, it's it Sarah. Is... Sarah. It was Sarah. Sarah. Okay, my yeah. bad. I said, Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear that. In which case, it is currently nine to Phil, six to Andy, and four to Sarah. I think Phil wins. But we might as well finish it we off because we're here. Yeah. Number twenty-three. We've done number twenty-four. <clears throat> if you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to um, do. Um, it. Look, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Oh, no, no, Willy yeah. Wonka, Phil. Well done. Yeah, very good. Just giving nobody is even it, a chance to remotely catch it. It's pure imagination. It is pure imagination. imagination. Yeah. Sorry, my, finally... for the reason my first thought was under the sea from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why you shouted out a Little Mermaid, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> and finally, number 25, if you're playing along at home, uh, why not? <laughs> uh, I could while away the hours conferring with the flowers, flowers. consulting with the rain. That's uh, and my the head I'd be scratching. That's the only had a brain. Yeah. So that's it. The final scores then. Phil has run away with that with 10 points. Andy, <laughs> Andy is a very respectable seven points. And Sarah are certainly not to be sneezed at five points. So everybody kind of got, you know, <laughs> did a respectable performance, I would say. But yeah. Phil I'm furious that Phil got the High School Musical point over me. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered in fairness. That would just make it like nine I to eight. I don't care. <laughs> then in our heads, Andy, we'll know that you got the High School Musical. <laughs> Thank you. If anything, I'm just proving that I am the Sharpe of this group. <laughs> going to move us into the uh, final sections, the first one of which, before I get into anything else, uh, I'm going to do the audience interaction section, because why not? Uh, it'll hopefully not mean everybody tunes out beforehand. Uh, I will say that I left on all of my social medias, in like five or six places I left the prompt. Has anyone seen Chicago? What are your thoughts on this? I got the grand sum of zero. Nobody oh. responded. But I did go on Letterboxd, which is a 
fantastic place to go because you get some hilarious things and some cool reviews. Yeah. So um, again, these are public, so you know, apologies if you didn't want it, but you know, you had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, you only had yourselves to blame. Indeed. If you'd have, been um, there, if you'd have seen it, <laughs> you're back in the I game guess again. You would have done the same. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is from my friend Alex Marzonia. We are actually friends. He gave Chicago four and a half stars uh, and just says, "I love seeing good choreo and the fantastical aspect of musicals because they're crazy." <laughs> so, um, let's see what else do we have. Uh, from Lauren, that's all I've got here, just Lauren, four stars. Not only did Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly serve time, but they served looks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Working work queen. <laughs> Bring it to the runway. This one I love. This is from John, just John, uh, who gave it five stars and simply put, being an influ influencer was so much easier in 1924. <laughs> <laughs> well, just John, you would be correct. <laughs> this is from Dead Ringer. Can you imagine, also... can you imagine uh, Roxy turning up at a court appearance being sponsored by Raid Shadow Legend? <laughs> <laughs> Get my new scent, Murderess by Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you can see, I'm serving time for a, a murderer that I didn't commit, despite my search history, literally looking up how much time can you serve for shooting a man. But you wouldn't know if that was on my search history if you used VPN? today's sponsor, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> that was glorious. Right, this review is by Dead Ringer. He gives Chicago five stars and says, Me two hours ago. I hate musical theatre movies. Me yeah. now. They both, they both, they both, they both, they both. We just want a gun, a gun, a gun. <laughs> That is such a good song. Oh, my God. Nice. Um, this is by Eo Adabiri. Apologies if I've mispronounced that. Who says, this is just top-tier musical adaptation. What else can be said? Everyone involved is so in their bag, almost height of their powers. John C. Riley, Mr. Cellophane, always makes me sob. Fuck you, sir. I believed Catherine Zeta-Jones was Latina for maybe 20 years of my life. This is my review. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they finish their review saying, this is my review? Yes. <laughs> I want what he just said on a t-shirt in very small writing at the very bottom at the front just saying, fuck you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it. You know it's all in good fun. Are you looking for some way to while away the hours stuck in prison? Have you do you like books but can't stand to sit down and read? Then you should use Audible. <laughs> Use the code. <laughs> Use the code. I didn't do it. To hashtag ten to get five dollars off your first month. This review is by Ellie, who gives it four and a half stars and says, "Me gasping out loud when Roxy revealed her garter to the jury would have been fine, except it was family movie night." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that was all. Uh, there was multiple others. I didn't actually save any because there were so many. But the sheer amount of them that were just like Catherine Zeta-Jones can murder me anytime she wants. So, you know, a lot of people thirsting after this. Eagle did educate me. Yeah. I will admit, I'd never heard of the spread, e spread eagle until I watched Chicago. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to conclude this. We are, I promise. So I'm going to move us to the uh, favorite character moment and line section. Uh, and I'm going to start with, uh, why, why not start with you guys? And Sarah, we'll start with you. Why not? Uh, who's your favorite character in the movie and why? Okay. Uh, okay. I don't like the actor, but the character um, of the husband, 
Amos. 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 Thank you. Um, because again, I, I still don't like the I don't like the actor. I just want to make it very clear. I do not like him. <laughs> we know. Well, I'm just making sure in case I haven't said it. Just in case John C. Riley ever listens to this, case, I want to make it clear that you hate his fucking. I do not girls. like him. I do not like his comedy style. But the character itself, he played it very well. It was. It got to a point where you were like, "Oh my god, can you not fucking see that she's messing with you?" Okay. He, it was a good juxtaposition. Big word. Mm-hmm. Um, to her character, um, her coming from, "I'm so sick of this idiot. I no longer want to live this life." Was a very good um, sort of tool to use to show that what shit life she really you know what how shit her life was and the shitty sort of situation she was in um and obviously i really love the cellophane that's my very favorite mm. song so i liked the character he played it very well it was a, a good story mover that makes sense as well and at the yeah. end he did have a little bit of an arc where he was like oh wait a sec shit and then he just sort of left her to it he, he actually came to his senses at the end and went actually i'm just gonna let her crack on with whatever the fuck she's getting on with and, and just sort of got on with his life so i kind of like him for that um but yeah i think he was my favorite character cool cool uh and what about you phil who was your favorite character and why uh mine was uh richard gear mm-hmm. uh who was completely billy billy, billy, Flynn. billy, billy Flynn. Flynn. um the smarmy trick of a um Attorney? No. Lawyer. Lawyer. That's the word. I can do words today. <laughs> um, partly because of the um, interactions between him and Amos. Mm. Um, but just, just Very his, different characters. Just his whole... Um, his, I was going to say character just his arc. Whole. But <laughs> no, no, no. Just because of the whole razzle-dazzle, let's be fair. I, 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 I was, I was going to say his character arc, but he doesn't really have one. He's just a... a a manipulative dick throughout. Yeah. Um, but again, it ties to songs. My, my two favorite songs are Razzle Dazzle and They Reach for the Gun. Mm. Both, of, both of which are ones that he performs. Mm. And yeah, I, I think that just sort of sells me on his character being kind of cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> cool. absolutely. So, one Amos, one Billy. What about you, Andy? Who's your favorite character? It's a toss up between Velma and Mama. Probably okay. Belma, just because she gets more screen time, so we actually get a bit more with her. So I'm probably going to say Belma, but I do love Matron Mama more and all the Don't same. you think our favourite characters are very typical of our characters? Because you, Mama, so. Mama is <laughs> very like, she's like bombastic, she's out there, she shimmies. That's also, Belma, I'm a performer. You're a performer. A, yeah. I, Phil is weird. Um, <laughs> and also, <laughs> and you're the clown. And I was just going to say, I hope that's true, because my favourite character I actually agreed with, Sarah, it was Amos Hart, um, yeah. because I think he's relatable, uh, yeah. a real, the genuine victim, and the only, as Andy said earlier, he's the mm. only morally virtuous character in the entire film, uh, yeah. and his song, Mr. Cellophane, really seals it for me. Um, though I will say the main three characters are fantastic, well-drawn characters, but they're also mm. jerks, so it's kind of hard to say they're your favourite or you like them, because they're not very nice, so, you know, um, <laughs> that was my logic. Uh, did you have a favourite, let's see, moment from the film, uh, Sarah? Mm. A moment, scene, anything you like? Um, I think it has to... Obviously, Mr. Cellophane, I think, is really well done because he's alone on the stage. There is absolutely no 
sparkle to it. It's again, there is the juxtaposition between every other song in the film and then his individual solo single light. There's no one in the audience. He's on his own. He has the simplest choreography. It's so fucking miserable and plain. But it's but it's it's a it's typical of that character, and I think it was really well done. But I think one of my favourite scenes would have been the um they both reach for the gun just because mm. of the the direction the cinematography mm. the uh, positioning the um every the other film that... word you can throw in there <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, the scenery no. the costuming no i don't even think the costume what about you then phil what was your favorite moment scene or anything <laughs> it's the exact same mm. uh, okay reach for the gun um mostly okay. Or just how it was shot. Um, mm. started, starting off with him. the mise en scène was quite beautiful in that number, I thought, wasn't it? <laughs> Sarah's looking very smug now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, how it starts with him manipulating Roxy as a ventriloquist dummy. Very well performed as well. Yeah. It goes on to show mm. everyone is under his thumb. Mm. Uh, awesome. I just I, I, I like how it, it just shows just how far the corruption spreads. Yeah, definitely. I, I also love the fact that, that I'm just jumping in. This isn't my favorite scene, but I do love how I should have mentioned it earlier. I love how in the second sort of chorus, he gets Mary Sunshine singing with him, almost like symbolizing that, like she's helping him. She's yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she's Fair. helping him spread the yeah, manipulating the press exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Andy, I'm curious if we're on the same page. What's your favorite moment or scene? Uh, Cellbot Tango. <laughs> it was never going to be anything but Cellbot Tango. Yes, I'm. I'm chuffed because that was mine as well. <laughs> it's like th there's so many good parts of this film. I mean, the whole yeah, film agreed. Is great, but Cellbot Tango is just incredible. It's, mm. it's the combination of the choreography put together, the way it's staged, the way it that is... it's all lit and framed and everything, and yeah, it, it's the, the build level. I, I love how each verse it builds up Set. differently, and there's mm. there's so many quotable bits like um, uh, mm -hmm. and he ran into my knife. He, he ran, ran into, into my knife, knife ten times. times. <laughs> it's just so many quotable bits. Nice, uh, but yeah. especially like the culmination at the end after she uh, after the final girl sings her verse, and then all of mm. these women just come out of these cells like just belting out about the men who've like ruined their lives and it's just it's, mm. it's such a powerful moment of just all these women being like fuck men yeah. <laughs> they use light really well and yeah, shadow I love really the well red lighting. the silhouette yeah. is like yeah it's good isn't it mm. really good uh, i said the same thing but there again it could have been anything i love there's multiple contenders but i did want to give a special shout out uh, the lawyering uh, combined with the tap dance was a close second because yeah wow <laughs> it was pretty cool Hmm. Um, and finally, what was well, not finally, but we have a conclusion. But what was your favorite line in the movie, Sarah? Uh, um, I think it's got to be um, in one of Mama's uh, Mama's songs, uh, song, I should say. It's um, it's the tit for tat line. Yeah. I think that's a good. Hmm. It's because it's dripping with um, what's the word? Sexuality. Well, no, not just that. It's, it's oh, double yeah. entendre. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like the, I like the. There's layers to that one line. That's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, Phil, what about you? For me, it is um, a moment in Cell Block Tango. It's Velma when she goes, 
It wasn't until I was washing the blood off my hands I even knew they were dead. Wow. That's it's, that's a dark line to I, I love, It's the way she performs it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Like It starts innocent, and then at the end, her voice is like yeah. dripping with venom. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I also love, in terms of direction, you know, obviously you mentioned how like the red symbolizes where the blood was. Mm. So, like with the arsenic, it pulls out the mouth because it was poison. With the, yeah. the stabbing, it's out the chest. Um, with uh, with family, with this, it's I, yeah, I love hands. the way that the napkins represent her washing the blood off her hands. It's like mm. really well done because mm. uh, mm. we don't actually really find out how she killed her husband no, and sister. Good point. Yeah. We just know that she did it, uh, and I, I love how that's done with the lighting. It's so well done. Mm. Cool. And uh, what was your favourite line then, Andy? Dialogue-wise, it's definitely the one at the end where Brox is like, there's one problem, I hate you, and Velma just goes, well, honey, there's one business in the world where that isn't a problem. Yeah. Uh, I love that line of dialogue-wise. Uh, Song-wise, I mean, really any line from <laughs> Sell What Tanga. I think some guys just can't hold their arsenic is really funny. Yeah. Uh, I also like the tit-for-tat line. They're, yeah. We'll go with the dialogue when I mention, but in terms of songs, there's just so many good ones. Cool. I also, I also just pretty, pretty much any song has. A oh, yeah. of one of my favorite, another one of my favorite lines from a song is in "We Both Reach for the Gun," the part where um, uh, I think it's Mary Sunshine leans in and goes, "Are you sorry?" And she are goes, you "Are you kidding?" And then like uh, <laughs> Billy just kind of elbows her, like, "Shut the fuck up!" The <laughs> yeah, the one time she breaks the illusion, and yeah. you see. I like that it cuts to her normally as she says it as well, and then Billy immediately yeah. picks things back up. Yeah. It cuts to her giving the press conference rather than the dummy version. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, well, I've, as has become common, I couldn't narrow it down to one line. So I have four, but I do have a winner. So look at it that way. Ooh. So three winners up and one winner. Um, the three running up lines are, first of all, from what I hear, he's been burgling you three times a week for the last month. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the next one is from Cell Block Tango. I fired two warning shots into, into his, his head. head. <laughs> uh, and the next one is actually from Roxy, ironically, um, and it is the line, I started fooling around, then I started screwing around, which is fooling around without dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and despite this being from your least favourite song, the winner by far for me is this following piece of dialogue, shall we say, but it's from the song, which is... Um, I'm a star, and the audience loves me, and I love them, and they love me for loving them, and I love them for loving me, and we love each other. And that's because none of us got enough love in our childhoods. And that's <laughs> showbiz, kid. <laughs> I just want to like, is it like, I still like the song. <laughs> yeah, but it's your least favorite. Yeah. They love them for loving me. That's the one, yeah. That's showbiz kid. So, uh, do you guys have a conclusion and score then at all, or should I? Uh, I'll I'll come to you first, Sarah. Sorry, and put you on the spot. Conclusion and a score out of five stars. <laughs> For the purpose of the tape, Sarah, as soon as she said that, blinked rapidly as if she suddenly became a droid asking for SOS. <laughs> <laughs> Does not compute. What is numbers? Oh no. <laughs> A rating out of five. It's not compute. Well, a, a little conclusion, just like a little sentence or two, maybe, and then a rating out of five stars. Ooh. <laughs> Sarah's review on Letterboxd. Ooh. Ooh. Five stars. Nah. No. <laughs> I would give it a four out of five, and the only... And the only reason are you just impressed I can count to four? Is no, that why I'm you're just laughing? The fact that you just didn't bother leaving a conclusion. 
There's a lot. There's a lot to say, and I can't put it in one sentence. Mainly because I can't construct sentences. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're gonna go with a four out of five, though. We're from gonna you, go Sarah. with a four out of five. Um, and the only reason that um I won't give it a five out of five is because I'm a very hard to please. Oh, okay. That's John C. Riley. In oh, well, yeah, <laughs> no, four Fair out of five. Excellent uh, film. Um, excellently done. Absolutely awesome. And what about you, uh... I have no negatives. I'm just being stingy. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time someone's done that, believe me. But, uh, Phil, what about your conclusion and score, Phil, if, you, if you're able? Uh, oh, I, I don't know if I'm able, uh, but I will certainly <laughs> endeavour. Um, so I'd say that it's, it's certainly one of my favourite musicals. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's the top, but it is masterfully acted by all involved. Um, even to the point of making me really hate one of the protagonists, mm. even though I'm not entirely sure if you're supposed to, uh, but she's mm. an ass and I despise her, and it makes me despise her in a really good way. Um, <laughs> everyone else is marvellous throughout, um, and just the the music, obviously it's a musical, but the music is the big thing of this film, mm. and again, apart from the songs about the character that I don't like, Roxy. Um, <laughs> every single song I absolutely love. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Mm. I was tempted okay. to say five, but I'll, I'll say four and a half out of, uh, stars out of five. Okay. It is, it is fantastic. Um, just maybe not the tip of the top, but it is something that everybody should definitely watch. What about you, Andy? Conclusion and score. So in conclusion, words. Um, words. It's, it's one of my favourite films of all time. It is my favourite musical. Uh, whether it's the stage production or the film, I think it's pretty phenomenal. It's yeah. phenomenal. Uh, I'm just going to put my score in the conclusion, but it is an easy five out of five for me. It's one of my go-to films cool. if I just want to watch something to enjoy. I love the songs. I love the music. Uh, I love the performance, especially Catherine Zeta-Jones. I honestly think is the standout. I think she's marvelous as Velma, taking a character who is utterly despisable yet making me love her nonetheless is is really good. Uh, yeah, I I love this film. It's it's incredible. E easy five out of five for me because uh, I, it is absolutely one of my top. Probably my, like in my top three go-to films to just watch, mm. uh, which Enough. I'm now realizing two of them are actually musicals. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love this film. It's awesome. incredible. Um, ap apologies for being the only one that actually understood the assignment. So I will have a conclusion, but it's quite pompous <laughs> and a little bit long-winded. I apologize, but what? <laughs> are you saying? Oh, it's lovely. Is not a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> My conclusion, it's not that long, actually. I don't care to hear what you have to say anymore after that. No. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, 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 that was, I crossed the line. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> okay. Mike, last time you, when, you, when we had you on our podcast that couldn't air, Sarah literally said the words to you, you're not that autistic. <laughs> How okay. little she knows. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, my conclusion is... I'll be, I'll be interested to find out. <laughs> my conclusion is just that it's a, it's an iconic musical which deserves its high reputation. Uh, a deftness of touch belies a surprisingly biting satire on showbiz, the legal system, and base human nature. 
There's some great black humor and so many instantly recognizable song and dance numbers. It could be maudlin or preachy, but it gets the message across whilst being thoroughly entertaining. Likewise, the direction is just stunning. The acting is almost universally great with maybe a couple of stumbles. And barring what I felt was one slight tonal misfire, the whole thing is incredibly entertaining, toe-tapping and just enjoyable as a feast for the eyes and ears. The whole thing moves very briskly too, so you're never bored. And the film even feels shorter than its length. Uh, so when the ending came, my response was, oh, already? Uh, and it's a deserving best picture winner in my eyes. Uh, so I also <laughs> indeed so gave it five out of five, just like he did. Um, yeah, I love it. I think I it's very say, good. just on the point of what you said, I also agree. Like when I, I remember every single time I've watched this film, I've finished and gone, that was not two hours and hour, is it two hours and eight it minutes? Really it's just long? under, it's like an hour 53, I think, something wow, like that. But, actually, yeah, good point. It doesn't feel like two Never hours. It doesn't, no, um, not at all. Yeah, it, it's good it's point. so good. I love. And you mentioned the tonal misfire, but I feel like our explanation may have won you over on that slightly it as well. Kind of did, yeah, exactly. That, but I wrote that obviously beforehand. But yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so obviously that would uh, come to an average, which we normally work out for the podcast. So between the four of us, the average score and the final score for Chicago from the podcast is four point six two five or four point six for argument's sake out of five. So yeah. pretty dang good, I would yeah, say. Absolutely. Um, Sarah's very confused. I just need to explain something to her. Black humour is not racism. It means dark humour. <laughs> dark humour, yeah. Dark humour. <laughs> that entire time, so you'll, she was looking at me going, blackface. <laughs> I thought that's what you were doing. I was like, black humour? Well, there's only one black character in it, and I don't think she were that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Phil, please tell me I don't have to cut this out. <laughs> it's your podcast. Oh, Sarah, you are a gift to this. <laughs> oh, you three well, are just like, the best. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? To <laughs> <laughs> say that she was funny. That was nice. Oh, man. You always, I'm gonna, again, I don't want to bring the mood down or anything like that, but I do have to do this bit of business. If you've listened to our previous podcast, you will know that we are um, fighting back basically against the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Roe versus Wade in the US. It is mm. a sucky, sucky thing. It's terrible. And if you don't think it affects you, believe me, it is potentially the first step in a very dangerous road. Uh, so we are proud to have partnered with an organization called What Choice, um, which is a group of ostensibly Star Wars podcasts, but they basically allowed us to join them and they've uh, recruited a few others. Uh, that is a campaign to protect choice and bodily autonomy. Uh, they are raising money for the National Abortion Federation, NAF. Uh, they not only help clinics against increasing attacks and violence, but they also offer a multilingual hotline for support, as well as funds for procedures and travel. Uh, please join us to help protect choice. Uh, there's no uh, waiting around. The time to fight is now. And all the details that you will need to help out there will be in our description. So... Uh, again, a bit of a downer, but unfortunately, the real world does creep in sometimes. And uh, yeah. I did, uh, we did sort of want to make it clear that we are in support of that here at this podcast, uh, myself and That's DK. Brilliant. And uh, I'm sure that we pay for your floor guys would agree as well. So, oh, oh, I completely agree. 100% agree. I am. Um, That's one. I do think this has ended up very much exactly what I had intended, which is a, like a lovely combination coming together of the silver screen and we pay for your floor <laughs> podcast. So, so basically, um, what you've gotten is the seriousness in the film. Silver screen and the fucking ridiculousness of We Pay for Your Floor. I'd like to clarify, we're not scripted. We do all of this off the fly. 
in case it wasn't obvious. I was just going to say this this could serve as a potentially great advert if we can get some of our listeners and viewers on board. And I'd love to because these guys, their podcast is just fun. And we can get, uh, if anybody is interested, as I say, in uh, going to follow We Pay For Your Floor, look them up on YouTube, watch some of their episodes. Uh, I'm sure they'll be coming back with new ones soon after I've ruined their, their streak. We are, we're recording uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, you can also... And in terms of the episodes that we did record with you uh, like a month or so ago now, um, I am in process of editing all of them together as okay. to be their own sort of special standoff thing. So at least some of what we've done will still get to be out there because I don't want that to okay. all go to waste. Okay, it wasn't. Cool. It was a great. It was a. We had such a good time. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. We did. Meeting, I just meeting uh, you as well was so much fun, despite how awful I can be and how have absolutely oh no, no we, filter whatsoever. I but feel like we're we're so of a very fun. similar. Well, as you, as you would know from being friends with Andy and Phil, as am I, we're a very similar sense of humor, and uh, I don't think either one of us are offended <laughs> easily. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've genuinely, I want to say thank you guys for coming on. I've had a really good time, uh, and I always do when you guys are around, and it's always fun. And I'll have to have you back, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon, podcasting one way or the other. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I hope you guys have great fun recording and everything tomorrow. And did you have anything else you wanted to shout out quickly before we go? I'm gonna go release my bladder. No, just thank Fair you so enough. much for having us on. I'm so sorry. We are we tend to go off in tangents. And it's cool. It's good. We never we never stay on subject. It's <laughs> always normally, it's shit. me on on we pay for your floor trying to steer <laughs> these herd two. cats. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. Literally, we are screeching cats. <laughs> and Bill cats. is the begrudging grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'll get me on some tangent and I'll go off for half an hour and then you'll both just come over and just cut me out completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're ending the podcast and Phil's halfway through a sentence. I've only just begun to speak and say, hello, and say, no, no, we're going to end it there. I say, okay. <laughs> I like, I liked when, um, when we were talking and you would say, you, uh, you'd say, Indeed. So, yeah, so what was your score? <laughs> Thank you so much for having us on. Genuinely, if you did enjoy our presence here, uh, as you can see on your screen, we are on Twitter as WPFYF, so WPFYF, we pay for your floor. We are on Instagram as we pay for your floor. We have, uh, we are on Twitter that will sort of direct you to everything or. Spotify, yeah, YouTube, you can listen to us on Spotify. Find... I would recommend watching us on YouTube because Phil, our editor, does some amazing visual gags. <laughs> coming up, like, with some of the amazing. ridiculous shit we come up with, like the fucking spinning <laughs> little of Inverness. And yeah, you're not getting any of that on this, by the way. Anything yeah. we've talked about, if it isn't involving the movie <laughs> Chicago, you're getting nothing. There's no one <laughs> uh, And just for future reference, in case you are all interested, in December we will be in Beijing. Opening new pork markets. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. You can find uh, you can find us at the usual places. It's all going to be in the descriptions. We're at podcast underscore screen on Twitter is the main one. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for joining us, guys. My normal sign off would be in the epic words of Arnie. I'll be back. Um, but I'm not going to do that because I'm going to leave it open. But in the meantime, this is the last episode of the regular second series of the podcast. But we will be back with at least one episode a month. The next one I won't be on, uh, but my co-host DK will be taking over and he's reviewing the movie Predator. 
Speaking of Arnie, so he'll be getting to the chopper. I'm going to uh, sign off Series 2 of the podcast because it's a way pay for your full crossover by asking. So, Sarah, what are, what are you going to do right now? Oh, I'm going to go home and endeavour to be the best neighbour I have ever fucking been. You'd better, because we know where you live and we will find <laughs> you and we will kill you. That's a film <laughs> reference for you. <laughs> No, nice, no. keeping it film related. Well, no, but uh, what are you gonna do? Well, yeah. I'm gonna just continue to be the best film podcaster and general all round friend right. that I could be. <laughs> You'd better because we pay for your film. <laughs> <laughs> nice, and that's where I'll end that. Aha, but wait, there's more. Uh, we couldn't do a musical episode and have a performer as one of our guests and not have him sing us out, so. Uh, without any further ado, uh, allow me to present Mr. Andrew Kemp performing the very appropriate All That Jazz from Chicago. Take it away, Andy. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz, I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll my stockings down. And all that jazz Inside the car I know a whoopee spot Where the gin is cold But the piano is hot It's just a noisy hall Where there's a nightly brawl And all That Jazz And all that jazz Slick your hair and wear your buckle shoes And all that jazz I hear that Father Dip is gonna blow the blues Want a brand new start to do that jazz? Find the flask, we're playing fast and loose
that jazz. Come on, Pink, why don't we paint the town and all that jazz? I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll my stockings down and all that jazz. Jazz.